And I also want to share with you a little bit about the waxings of fruits and vegetables, which is a very important uh, issue affecting everybody. And it uh, ties into uh, health and kashras. And uh, it's something that I think everybody should learn about. So without further ado, I'm going to start with our first topic, which is about Eretz Yisrael. And that is a little bit about some of the uh, things that are happening there. One is that on, uh, the Eid HaRedis came up with a new idea. And if, if, you ever, if you're in Eretz Yisrael or you have family in Eretz Yisrael, then uh, they should know this, that the Eid HaRedis decided that we have a problem because the jelly donuts, are sometimes they're parva and some of them are dairy. So how are you going to tell the difference? So they decided that the dairy ones are going to have a vanilla icing running across the top, and the uh, part of the donuts are uh, going to have... Uh, 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 one second. Uh, part of the donuts, on the other hand, include all types with the inclusion of those with the white icing across the top. Once again, including those uh, which, with chocolate topping. So it's a little confusing. Uh, the, the basic the theory is that you're going to use a covering, like a, a, a icing on the top, and that's going to differentiate which ones are dairy and which ones are parva. Seems that the way they're saying here is that the dairy ones are going to have the vanilla icing running across the top. Uh, but parva is a little bit confusing because you could have anything on there, and it's the uh, the ones that are that. Uh, uh, but at least they won't have the white ones running across the top, the white icing. That's sort of the way they're trying to distinguish it today. They also have the problem, I mentioned before, they have this problem about the, um, about the barikas, and uh, what they do about that is to have different designs in order to differentiate. But somebody traveling to Israel and buying in a store doesn't know all this. And therefore, you sort of have to ask, how do I know if it's a parva? How do I know if it's a dairy? And then with the burikas, they also have fleshic ones as well. So it gets very confusing. Now, there's another thing that uh, I want to tell you about Eretz Israel that the, the Ministry of Health came out with. And this is uh, very, uh, very uh, interesting here, is that they found that the, a lot of the Israeli olive oil is not olive oil. Now, we've mentioned this before here on the this, on this show many times about the problem with olive oil. Even two weeks ago, I talked about it. But they're mentioning that they've, they're checking and they're finding that what they call olive oil or what they call extra virgin or what they call this or what they call that, they've sampled these, these olive oils and they're not what they say they are on the label. And they have many of them on this report that I'm, that I'm looking at now for the Ministry of Health in Eretz Israel. Another thing is if you're interested in getting a list of some of the unauthorized use of a kosher symbol on olive oils from Israel, it's a little late for the Hanukkah's uh, timing, but for buying it for the year uh, or traveling there, the best thing is to go to the JerusalemKosherNews.com, JerusalemKosherNews.com, and they have a link there to the uh, page with all of the uh, mislabeled uh, bottles of olive oil. It's not this topic that I was talking about, which you could also maybe find over there, but it's a topic of whether or not they're putting a false name on it of who their hashkoch is. It seems there's about 70 of them. Another little uh, tidbit for you is uh, from the Dafa Kashras of the OU. And we were talking a little while back about refrigerators and we had a lot. We had a bunch of shows about refrigerators here, and uh, we had some material. Anybody still needs it, didn't get it? You can email me at kashras at aol.com. 
and I'll send you the information that we have about the refrigerators. There are three pieces of very important information over there, and I just got re- some responses, some requests, even as recently as uh, I think yesterday or today. We sent some out today. So if you're interested, no problem. Just email us at kashras at AOL.com, and don't write anything. Just on the subject line, just say refrigerators, and we'll send that information to you. But here's what the OU came out with, which is very interesting. Because of the complexities of these newer appliances and the uncertainty as to how each one operates, the OU Postkim have recommended using a timer when opening the refrigerator door on Shabbos to avoid any concerns of Chilu Shabbos. Rabelsky Zatzal reached their research this well and was aware of these issues, as is Herschel Schachter Schlitter. They are both of the opinion that it is preferable to use a timer with newer refrigerators to avoid all questions of Chil Shabbos. Furthermore, even with older refrigerators, it's recommended to use a timer because of some of the older models may also have areas of concern. So they put together, it's an OU, <laughs> it's an OU timer, uh, which was uh, with the approval of Rav Belsky and Rav Herzl Schachter, so the, it, it's an automated timer device it's OU certified uh, to ensure proper Shabbos observance. The device acts like a plug-in Shabbos clock and turns the refrigerator on and off throughout Shabbos in different cycles. When the power is off, the door may be open and there's no concern of Chilu Shabbos. An attached LED green light, red light model module indicates when the refrigerator door may be opened. We actually talked about this we, at that time, the OU didn't even know about it. They were researching it. They definitely couldn't come out with it. When we mentioned it, we mentioned a certain model, and we told you where to get a certain store here in Flatbush. But now here's a professionally made for by the OU. Um, and, and so obviously, uh, if, if you want to take this one, this is a very good idea. And this, it has a red light, green light, so that you know whether you can open the door or not. The device maintains a 35-year calendar. I think a little longer than your machine might last. So once it's up, there's no need to reset it again. It'll activate automatically every Erev Shabbos and Yom Tov. The device is currently GE certified for use with many GE refrigerators and is still undergoing further evaluation for certification with its newest models as well. So actually, you might want to touch base um, with GE, with the OU, with the company, and see if your model will be really protected by this. The timer is available from Zeman Technologies. And uh, you can go on the line there. It's Zeman, Z-M-A-N, Technologies, just the way it's spelled, dot com. And there are different distributors across New York and New Jersey. So I'm looking forward to seeing a little more about that. And uh, if you do start using it, let me know about it. I want to share with you a little bit about this story that, that really uh, moved me a lot. And if I'll have enough time, I'll do the other things as well. And if not, it'll have to come another time. So let me share with you a story that I heard yesterday. And like in all stories of Kashrus, I always am going to claim, and whoever tells you a story is going to claim that they have inside information that this is the real story. Not what you're going to hear elsewhere, but this is the real story. Only thing is I can't tell you names because I, I would have a tremendous uh, repercussions from it. But I still think the story as itself is amazing. One of the things that we always question is, 
when somebody drops a hashkocha and somebody else takes it on, what does that really mean? Does it mean that they, the Kashvis agency researched the problem and felt that it wasn't an issue for them? Or did, were they unaware of it? Uh, did they ever call the Kashvis agency that dropped them? Or did they not call them? And when you read in the papers, and I try to avoid it, I haven't written this uh, in almost the entire existence of our publication. It was a small takufa. I did it, but I kept it out for the last 30-something years. I, we don't mention that they dropped Hashkocha for kashrus violations. And the reason why I don't do that is because really... Uh, you dropping the hashkocha for uh, various reasons. It might be economic also. It might be a social issue with the, between the hashkocha and the, uh, and, the, and, the, and the owner. It might be that there's kashrus violations, but it may be a combination that caused you, it's like the straw that broke the camel back. And besides, what bothers me very much, and I, I, I'm telling you a, a, a sort of a, a little secret here, is when it says in the, in the publication for gross kashrus violations, that doesn't mean that they discovered five violations on Tuesday. It means that a year ago they had a problem. He said he's going to correct things. Six months ago we had a problem. Uh, two weeks ago I had a problem. And just yesterday I had a problem. So I'm out. So really what you're saying is it's the fourth strike. So what happened the first time? You let it go. Why'd you let it go? Isn't it gross? Isn't it a gross crashes violation? No. Is the second one, is the fourth one worse than the the other three? No. But it's consistent. Okay. So you're saying he has violations now, uh, it, but the implication is that he did something that's extraordinarily uh, inappropriate, which may be, and uh, and you, that it happened at one time, which it didn't. So this is this is the kind of thing that I'm interested in and I'm very sensitive to, and I don't want to kill the owners of the companies because that's our that's our uh, connection to kosher, and I don't think it's fair if a person invests in a restaurant close to a million dollars or half a million dollars and, uh, and and put in years of his life into the business of food to have to be kicked out the door by one kosher as an agency and to be made they uh, have to go out and uh, drive a taxi. So, you know, I, I think it's a little unfair to, to treat him that way. So I try to stay out of that. And I just say, no longer certified by. And if somebody else took it over, now it's under the certification of. I, I don't want to get lost in that. But here's the story that happened. It's really an ongoing story and it hasn't ended. So a certain cashless agency is not in Brooklyn. But the certain cashless agency was giving certification to a store, like a restaurant kind of thing. And they had a problem. What was the problem? They saw on a container of milk that it was seriously outdated, like about five months. Now, how could the milk be fresh for five months? Well, maybe they froze the milk. Maybe they did that. You can't buy milk, keep it in the refrigerator for, for five months. So what's going on here? So you, you know and I know the answer. It was a Chal of Yisrael container, and the milk that was in there was from Chal of Stam, the container of today. 
and they put it into this container. Why should you buy another one? Every six to eight months, we buy a new other container. That's enough for us. And so that for six months, they were putting in Stam into this container and serving it to the people, well-meaning people coming to the door, coming to the store and, 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 particip- and, and paying the money and uh, seeing the owner uh, who professes himself as an Orthodox Jew and he's serving them this Stam, etc., Okay, the Kashrus agency gave him a Misha Beirach in a negative sense, and they, uh, they, they warned him a million times, and he promised never, never, never again. And things went okay for a little while, and then they hit number two. Number two was a biggie. I mean, not taking anything away from the first one. And I don't know if there's any real difference in, in the philosophical sense between the first case and the second case, but in this case... They found he was putting vegetables in into the place where they kept the uh, those that were prepared, and he was taking them plain vegetables with no with no uh, checking at all, just taking them and throwing them in. And this was done in an intentional way to make his life a little easier, because the other vegetables he has to pay high price for because they came with a certification from the outside. So here he's just putting plain vegetables into a container in a place that seems to appears to be those that were checked. It's a serious violation. It means obviously there was insects in there. And at that point, the cashier's agency said, enough. You know, forget about it. I don't think you have to have anything more than the second one. I think maybe the first one won't be enough. But whatever it is, this, this is a no. And they walked. And they figured he's going to close up, but he didn't. And he's coming up with this hashkoch and that hashkoch and that hashkoch. I think he had so far four hashkochas, four different hashkochas. And one of them is not, not necessary to mention because it's a, not a very strong hashkocha. But two of the hashkochas that he got subsequently are Brooklyn hashkochas. And the story that's being told to me by somebody who's on the inside, is that, uh, you know, when we found out that there was a problem, uh, that, that this person was being certified by this other organization, and they never even called us to tell us what, we, to ask us what went wrong, well, we went to them and we told them, you know, this is, doesn't really, it's not right. You know, we, we, we took him away as Ashkocha because he did serious kosher violations, and it's not inappropriate for you to come in in our area, and take over something that we in the community have rejected, and uh, be, and doesn't it doesn't seem to be our standard. So that was the the basic uh, discussion. And two very well known prominent cashless agencies basically dropped him. So I the story was being told to me that uh, look at this, these cashless agencies don't even know a thing about what went wrong, and they're going to give the shkacha anyway? So what are they worth? So that was the question that came to me yesterday. So, you know, I don't buy things very fast, and I decided I'm going to make the call. So I called one of them. I didn't bother calling the second one. One was easier for me to call. I had another reason to call him anyway. So I called the rabbi up. I said, what happened over here? So he said, Rabbi Wickler, do you think I didn't know what was going on? I did know. But this man told me he did tshuva. You believe in tshuva? I said, yes, I believe in tshuva. 
He said, well, he said he did tshuva. And I had, and I watched him, and I, and I, and I, I had my, tough mashkichim, and we were on top of him. And for six months, we, we felt that we had this man complying 100%. And he told me over an interesting story about somebody else who had done something wrong and who did tshuva, and he has certifies him, and he feels that it's 150%. And I've heard this over and over over the years, and I, I have a problem. I don't. I feel that to protect the people, maybe the first cautious agency was right. It's over with. Two strikes like that, it's over with. But on the other hand, I also understand the idea of tshuva. So I'm, I'm not going to put my head in between these. But I wanted to point out is that the that the, the statement that was told to me that the other rabbis didn't care at all, just went in and just grabbed the hashgacha. No. The other rabbi did his homework, knew what the problem was, had the heart-to-heart conversations with this man, supervised it very tightly, and was convinced that everything was fine. But the first Kassar's agency came to him and said, it's not right. You have to leave. And even though he felt very bad about it, and he felt it wasn't necessary to leave, and he felt that he did his job thoroughly, and he felt that he was right in his stand. But, the, he, but as he said to me, extreme pressure was put on me. So this is a, already a thing in the area of, that's not really just kashrus. I don't know what it's all about. And I, I don't like to go into those other areas. And so I didn't ask him what that meant. And I didn't ask him what they said. And you said, I, I, that's not my area. So I understand what happened over here very well. And I don't know the answer. I really don't know the answer. But one thing we do learn from this story is, that we shouldn't judge the kashrus agencies when they take on another hashkocha that was somebody dropped. If you read in the paper, it was dropped for gross kashrus violations, and then the next day another hashkocha took it over. What does he not care about gross kashrus violations? Of course he cares about it. But as they all say to me, I know I can do it. I can control this guy. I know the guy. I speak to him. I've, I spoke with him. I know the type of person. I know what I have to do, and I can do it. In other words... I'm not biting off more than I can chew. I'm taking what I am capable of doing. You know, people rise to the highest level that they possibly can. And some people know their, their strengths. And if a person says he feels I can do this and the man really wants to do tshuva, I can't tell you he did or he didn't. I don't know. But one thing's for sure, we don't, it's not right for us to sit on the side. And say, this Kashrus agency was terrible for taking it because they didn't do any investigation. And you see, they dropped it. They dropped it because they found problems and they had to get out. So you see, it was no good to begin with. In this case, they didn't drop it because they found anything wrong. They dropped it because the first Kashrus agency told them that it's very, very many reasons why they should drop it. And they were forced basically to do it. So got to do with uh, communities, and I'm not going to get lost in all that stuff. So I can't give you more details about it, but I thought the story itself is interesting, and I have other things to share with you, but I'm going to accept calls now. The studio number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. If you want to text us, you can text us to uh, 347 347- Nine two seven eight three nine eight. Nissan, the, the thing came up over here. Maybe you could set it up. Uh, again, the text line three four seven nine two seven 
718-683-8398. And the call in line, 718-683-5858. I'd like to mention a word about a sponsor, and I might get the uh, discussion about the barber paradox and maybe even a little bit about the uh, uh, the waxing of the fruits and vegetables if we can. So first let's start with a, a word about our sponsor because uh, there's no no question that the work that uh, that we're doing has very much been helped by uh, Glockmark. And when you think of Glockmark conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M, think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you'll save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. And I want to share with you some of the, the items on sale. Now, I'm going to tell you in a moment some of the items on sale starting on Wednesday. But I want to first tell you some of the items on sale right now because I have to go out and get them tomorrow also. So I'm going to share with you some of these items, which I, I definitely think you should take advantage. It's, this is still good till tomorrow. It's a Hanukkah special. Pella whole ducks, $5.99 a pound. Veal stew, $9.99 a pound. Hadar cornflake crumbs, 12 ounce, $1.99. Dugim solid white tuna in water, two for $3. That's $1.50 a piece. A Dugim tuna in water, solid white tuna in water at $1.50, two for $3. Begon breaded eggplant cutlets, $2.99. Mendelssohn's regular eight-slice pizza, $6.99. A and B original gefilte fish, $5.39. Klein's dairy ice cream, 56 ounce, $5.99. And Tooth Tom olive spread, two for $5. And on sale starting on Wednesday are a few items I think you should take a look at. Shoulder lamb chops, $9.99. Round bone lamb chops, $10.99. Minute steak roast, $11.99. And at Glotmart, you could save plenty of time by using that valet car parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all those special items that you've purchased in the store. And at Glotmart, the quality of meats is A1. With kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatikashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor, at Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M, meaning your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove and Glotmart, tell him you heard about Glotmart on Kashrus on the Air over J Root Radio. Okay, we have callers. Okay, go ahead. You're the first caller. You're on the line. Go ahead. Yes, hi. Um, uh, a question about a home microwave. If, uh, if a non-Jewish person was uh, a cleaning person and accidentally put their sandwich in our microwave, so could we pasher it? I mean, we can buy a new one, but I'm just wondering, for others who might have ever have such a situation, can you pasher it? Uh, a well, microwave I, that, that okay, someone put a turkey sandwich, okay, okay. a non-kosher turkey I, sandwich I, 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 I don't want to answer about the turkey sandwich. I, if, I, if we had more time or if you get catch me off the air, I can answer your question. I'll give you my direct line. It's 718-336-8544. We can discuss the turkey sandwich. But let's discuss the other question. Can you cash your microwave? And I have a Kabbalah for my Rebbe of Usher Zim and Zatzal. Who was, who was considered to be a very major poisek, and especially in the areas of Yeridea, he said you cannot kosher a microwave. 
So okay. if we, if you need the koshering, so now the question is on the turkey sandwich. I want you to call me. We'll discuss it a little further. So seven one eight three three six eight five four four. Leave a message. I'll call you back, and Thank we'll discuss you. the turkey sandwich. But if we decide that we need the kosher, then you'll have to. Then we can't. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. You're welcome. Go ahead, please. You're unconscious on the air. No, no one else. Okay. So you can call in now, 718-683-5858. Otherwise, we're going to uh, continue with our programming. And if you want to text us, our texting is, uh, here, I've got someone here is texting in. Our text line is 347-927-8398. So someone just texted me. Someone told me that when grocery stores carry a lot of chicken and meat from various hashkochas, how, uh, we are relying on the store's non-Jewish staff to make sure they, they repackaged properly. Well, you know, that, that's, that, that would be true if, if there is no hashkacha in the store. Very often in the meat departments, they have a hashkacha. It may not have a sign. You could check it out. But, of course, if there is no hashkacha, then you're right. You only have, what's, you have a, ch- a choice of what's there. Even with hashkacha, I must tell you that you're not really covered too well because this is a, it's a busy place, a store. Very often the mashkiach is in charge of several departments, and I've been in these stores where they, they're not really on top of it at all. They're floating from different places. I mean, you know, they're going to make sure that the basic things are controlled. You know, they're not going to put the dairy and the milchiks and the fleshiks in the wrong places, all right, like things like that. But, but to tell you for sure that they've controlled uh, the, the, the meat packing, I, unless there's a strong hashkacha there, I, I, I would tell you, yes, you have to say you have the best of whatever is in the store. And you, know, and you look on the different packages, see different things in the store, and that's what you have in the store. Can't but tell you But this question is very unclear because it's if in a Jewish store, so and they're repackaging the the their wait, own wait, food. Where's the non-Jewish? Uh, no, no, non-Jewish. No, no, the non-Jewish workers. No, oh, non-Jewish stuff. Oh, okay. Because uh, you can't go into. Okay. I mean, no, that's you, what I'm saying. You, you could buy in the uh, in a pe- non-Jewish place. Uh, the packaging the, that's sealed. It's, but, that's right. Yeah, okay. Okay, we got a lot of calls. Yeah, go ahead, please. Callers. Okay, you're on Kashus on the air. Can I help you? Yes, I wanted to talk about the uh, Kashus, the story that you were uh, told. And I think the first Hashbacha was absolutely correct. Just to show, you have to show the money over your role. You have to be in control. If the the balabos of the store plays around with the cash rules, they should close them down. Don't be afraid. They're not taking his panos away. He wants to cheat a yid to eat non-kosher. You have to close him down. He does not deserve to have such a store. Uh, a very strong point you're making. A very, very strong point. Yes. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. It's a very strong point. And, and if, if one cashless organization will do that, then all of them will do that. It's, it's unheard of that, that a cashless organization will give a hechshel and the store will, will play around. I mean, the owner of the store will play around. Well, you one do, see, found, in the, you do one, see in the papers every single week or two that this, you see a sign, you see an advertisement that we no longer certify this because of gross, cashless violations. And then right away, you see another name come on. So it, 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 this is what's happening in the real world. In Flatbush, we do have officially an understanding between the cashless agencies that they have to go to the KIC and they 
previous hashkacha has to be willing to let the new hashkacha give hashkacha. In other words, they have to say that it was over money, or we accept maybe you will be able to do it. There has to be some understanding between the old kashrasayim and new kashrasayim. But in general, other areas, unfortunately, it isn't being done. So I think that your points are very, very well made, and it would be wonderful if you know, if if um, they, we would ha- if the kashrus agencies would take it that seriously, then you're right. Then the then the people wouldn't cheat, or if they would, so then let them suffer the consequences. Definitely an important point. Thank I, you for calling. I, I want to jump. You know, okay. I know person. I know few, few uh, cases that really they they misunderstandings. Kashrut, yeah. No, the right the kashrus agency wasn't so right, and just that put other and the other other kashrut and it's a money issue and the put in the newspaper that it was a cash this. And I tell you, this is, was unfair, and it really was smearing and lashonara from the side of the cash agency. Right. And it's happened. Unfortunately, we're dealing with money. Money! That's the problem. It doesn't matter cash agency. The money is talking here. And yeah, unfortunately, I, that's happened. I can't tell all the stories, but one story I can't tell about without, without any details, that uh, this it happened... Uh, where a certain cashless agency got upset that, that another cashless agency was coming into town. And they they basically said, you know, they're dropping them. And then the other hashkoch came out and said, no, we're picking this hashkoch instead of that. And that saved the day. But definitely they put in big ads, scared, scared the, the people from going into that store. And it it's a very... I told you it's a delicate issue. I I understand the caller's points very very well, but I think it's a very I think I understand this. It's a very very delicate issue, and we as consumers should just l- sit back and say, you know, do we trust this new kashrut agency? Don't we? Uh, can, can we be down lechavsuchos? Or you can do the, what I did: pick up the phone and start calling. The people talk to you. They'll talk to, they'll talk to you just like they talk to me. I tell you, I, 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 if I wouldn't know the owners of the restaurants, I would believe to the cash route agency. But if I, I knew what happened, and I, right. and I many times I go to the restaurant itself and check. You can go to the restaurant, you know, just without any notice. Go to the kitchen, see what's going. You know, how many times I'm doing it? Right. Go to the kitchen, see what who's working over there. What what they No, doing? but you don't know what the stories were. Yeah, yeah. There, there are stories. And, can, and, and can I say something? I'm still on the phone. I, I'm listening to both of you, and I'm, I want to say something. In a casual situation, a regular person, a layman, walking into the kitchen, they'll throw him right out. And if they didn't, you wouldn't know what to look for. I walk into the, into the I don't know what to look for. I don't know what right. to check. I don't know what cash We don't know. Regular people, we have to trust the cash organization. If the cash organization is for money, then we have to go against the cash organization. But you'll we never know. You'll, you'll never and, figure and, this and, out. And you'll never figure it out. You'll never it, figure... It, You'll, but you'll, you'll never figure it out because it's very, very complex. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And the, and the, the best you could do is, I mean, have your own Rav and ask him, or else you could go and call, call the cautious agency that uh, took it on now and ask him, like I did today, did you know about the problems? Why do you say this? Why do you say that? And if you believe him, which I personally do because I know him very well, so I, I say I, I, I accept that the man is telling me is true, that he really would have continued and that he didn't feel that, that it had to be dropped. Okay, but that's his decision. I, I sort of feel like you, when your original statement you made, for two strikes of this nature, it should be over. But 
whatever it was, it wasn't over. The man, the Hashgacha took it on. He might have continued for 20 years like that. It's just that the other agency stopped him. So we don't know all the ins and the outs. And we don't know that a person does not change overnight, does not become a Balchuva overnight, especially in business. There are many people who put on the yarmulke to look like they're religious, but they're not religious. Their motives are to make business and to make the best. I know of someone, and by the way, ask your local rabbi, most rabbis, I would say 90% of the rabbis don't know anything about kashrus. They have their own kehila, they deal, but they don't know. They listen to, to others. I know of someone, someone or caterer, who is who says he wants to use a certain kind of of Roman letters because it's cheaper. And and I told him that there's nothing on the, on the there's no label. The label <laughs> says that you have to wash it and you have to check for to, to check. And it's a very prominent business. I don't want to mention the name Chazal but it's a known thing. People just buy it. People right. are not educated. They don't know. Most women come to store. I go to I go to store to shop. I see most women do not know anything about kashrus, and the the and the uh, kashrus agencies making a mamish a mint out of us. They mamish. They control us. I, I, I think that's a little bit strong. Uh, the, the words are a little strong. I mean, the kashrus agencies, you know, we we created this kashrus system. Not me. We created this kashrus system. Because when I started, that we had a list of 18 hashkachas. And now I have over 1,371 hashkachas across, across the, uh, the world. But still in all, it, it snowballed. The number of hashkachas, the number of symbols... Like you said before, there's a big business here, but we created it. At one time, all the stores in Borough Park, all the restaurants in Borough Park, and all the caterers in Borough Park had no hashkocha whatsoever. And we trusted them because we thought they were from people. And then it got to the point we said, no, we want to have a hashkocha. So we created it, and we forced it, and we are supporting the system. So if you, if you would be, if a, if a Jew would come in, uh, with a very religious background, and every one of his friends would buy the products and say, we don't care about hashkocha anymore, you'd see that they would develop such a thing as a, as a nemonis. We don't have it anymore in America. We're, li- we're working totally with this idea of a hashkocha, having some oversight. That said, I mentioned in my magazine, not 10 years ago, but this month in, in January issue, that many of the hashkochas, even the Hamish hashkochas, do not have mashkichim in the stores. They have restaurants with no mashkich. They have caterers with no mashkich. And they're saying to us that I think he is a frum person and I'm relying on him. So then what am I getting for the money? I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay. It's, it's a terrible, terrible thing. And and there's most, no terrible thing. It's most a, it's, people. It's, most people in Kashrut, Most people in, in 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 catering. They have a yarmulke. They don't know anything about kashrus. They don't know uh, anything. And they went to be. They they become a a, a caterers because they. They don't do other things. Okay, but, but, but in the end of the day, in the end of the day, but in the end of the day, you're going to have supper and I'm going to have supper. And we're going <laughs> to eat food that came with hashkachas. And we do rely on hashkachas, and that's what we have to do. I thank you very much for the call. We've got to go out to the next much. caller. Thank Take you care. Very much. You're, you're on Kashrus on the air. Can I help you? 
You're on the air. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. This is Rabbi Wickler. Hello? You're on the air. Yes, do you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. Okay, I just shut off the radio. Uh, this conversation about the Asducha, it's a long story, and you open up a can of worms, and you're never going to get to the bottom of it. It goes on for for years here in the United States and in Israel all over. It reminds me of a joke about this guy. He goes into a restaurant, ask him, is this place kosher? He says, you don't see over there, look at no. the picture. Right, so the, the guy picture. answers. So the guy answers, yes. you be hanging over there. And the Abertura no. would come in. And, 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 and he was and a muskie. The, the chicken, then I would believe you. Right. But not, that's not what I called you for. Uh, about the lady that called about this uh, microwave oven, you didn't want to answer. Uh, the new, the new Rebunim, this race, Rebunim, they don't know how to ask it about this. Some of them think that microwave is, microwave is a kishif. Microwave is not kishif. And you can And, and, I, and I've studied it for almost all my life. And my Rebbe was a Kaddish. And I, I heard what you said before. I've, I've read about it. I know some people paskin like that. But my Rebbe didn't teach that way. And I have to teach the way I was trained. And I, and it would, and, yeah, and okay. I want to tell you that... So, I want to tell you... I, one do, second. I, I want, do accept that. I do accept it because my Rebbe also didn't know how to... That the, uh, that, uh, that, uh, the old... Older generation rabbi also didn't know how to ask him about this, and he said it's kishim. Well, it's not the kishim; it's uh, the electric waves go through and they warm up the, the food within, within, not from the outside. There's no boiling, there's cooking, nothing. And if you put in paper, it lights up like a fire. We know that. Right. But uh, there's uh, there's no waves coming and, and cooking over there. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, but the other thing is Ashkucha, you will never answer for nobody. Okay. You can't answer the Ashkucha problem. Okay, the thank Ashkucha you. The problem is a big, big problem. Okay. Old body. Thank you. For, thank you for the call. Uh, let me just uh, say a word about what this gentleman was talking about. Obviously, there is a second sheet, which is that you you put the water in and you uh, with just probably a glass is all you really need, and then you turn it you turn it on, and then the the, the gas. The, 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 the water becomes a gas, and he was saying, that the way it went in, it comes out. What's going in is what we call zaya, and it's going up and spreading around in the plastic or whatever the material is, and this will sort of take it out. It isn't, again, kabbalah has to be done a certain way, and this is not necessarily a kabbalah and, and nobody, by the way, knows how microwave works. Nobody understands exactly what status it has. All of the aspects of Yiddishkeit come out differently. 
Is it baking in a microwave? If you bake a, a, a bread and it comes out like challah, they actually do, can make a challah in the microwave. Do you make hamotzi or mizonos? Do you need hafrosh's challah or not? Nobody has the answers to these questions, whether it's considered to be uh, aish or it's considered to be uh, told us ha'or. It, it, there's, there's just so many questions about the microwave. And my Rebbe taught that we can't kosher it, and that's it. Uh, many people will do another way, and I, and whatever you do, every love you ask, that's fine. As far as what the gentleman said about not being able to answer, never never resolve kosherists, we're not trying to resolve kosherists. We're trying to help our people who are listening to the show deal with the issues that come up. And that's what we've been doing already for five or six years now on here, and for 37 years in Kashrus magazine, and even for more than that, Birkas Ruvain, which was over 40 years ago. And uh, Baruch Hashem, we've been, uh, we've been doing, I think, very well. Next caller, please. Yeah. Okay, no more callers? Hello, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Yes, I want to know about cauliflower, fresh cauliflower. Is it the same thing like broccoli, or it's different? Cauliflower, I mean, it's not, nothing's like broccoli. Broccoli, they're the florets. But the, but yes, there are definitely bugs in, in the cauliflower, a very serious number of them. Uh, there are methods to to deal with it. You have to buy that book. I don't. I didn't bring my book this week. So you, uh-huh. it, it's called... Um, uh, it's called Bidikas Hamazon by Rabbi Moshe Vaya. Yes. And he has pictures and describes it. And always have to check, is, it, is he talking about the United States or Israel or Europe? It, it, it indicates over there. So I didn't discuss it this week. Maybe I'll be able to bring it in next. Maybe I'll prepare for next week. But I don't remember all these things because basically I opted out of some of these things which are problematic. And that's the way I deal with it. Uh, but obviously people want to have things. And therefore, that, that's what that book is all about. Okay? Okay, fine. Thank, Thank you very you much. So much. Thank you very much. So, I, until anybody else calls... What? You're on the line. Hello? Hello? Oh. Hello, am, yeah. I, am I on the air? Yes, you're on the air. Go ahead, okay. please. Okay, I bought a can of roasted peanuts, which has reliable hashgacha, OU, CRC, etc. It, it also says on the can that this facility also uses milk, soy, egg yolks, etc. My question is... Is okay, it, no, it's you, part of it. No, you, you have to, you yes. have to, you have to, you have the can in front of you? Yes. Okay. Well, so, yes. So, okay, now, now, this is very important. Okay. Uh, what, read the exact words before that dairy stuff. What does it say? Okay, one second. I may contain? It. It may, says, con- may contain? Um, um, allergy information. Made in a facility that uses okay. milk. Enough, 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 enough. Okay. Peanuts, tree nuts, yeah. wheat, okay. et cetera. Okay? Okay. First of all, turn down your radio because you can't hear me. Okay, I'll turn it off. <laughs> okay. Uh, turn it off, you'll never hear afterwards. Okay, now, now listen to this. Yes. That is nothing. That is nothing. And I'll tell you why. Right. I'll explain to you why. Okay. Uh, the FDA has requirements. But one of the requirements is that you must make that statement. Otherwise, if anybody gets an allergy attack from your product, you're going to get sued. The okay. only protection you have is that. So that everybody has to put that on, and the FDA pushes it, and now everybody does it. It's the last five, ten years. Before that, we didn't have that. That is nothing. That means the plant has, has dairy. What happens is like this. The, prod, the product that you're looking at, if it says, if it says parva on it, 
Yes, it does. Then, then what they're doing is they're either koshering the equipment from dairy to parva, which is which works, okay. or or there's there it's always parva, but somewhere else in the factory, somewhere down there, they have dairy, and it could be that certain parts per billion means a few little pieces per billion pieces. Now it's like all infinitesimal might get up in the air. They're called airborne particles and might fly, might fly over and end up in this, this product because uh-huh. of the dust in the air, because of the, 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 the movement of the air. So therefore, because of that, you have to protect yourself and you have to write that on the label. When it says ingredient information, that's the ingredients. When it says for allergic information or it says may contain, it doesn't mean a thing. Okay, so Chohadeus is Paris. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. You're certainly welcome. Next caller. Go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Can I help you? Yes, sure. What can we do about good hashkachas that have to hire mishkichim that aren't properly so Shabbos and they're mishkich to meet them? Is there anything that can be done about that? You know, I, I really question whether you really found anybody like that. I really I know, question. I know, I know people. I know people. Who no, 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 no. In other words, in other work. words, in other words, if if you you might know somebody's Mahalo Shabbos, and he may maybe not, a, not publicly, but he but he right. He's, he's lack of Yerushalayim, and they're, and they're the people in charge of being the Mashiach to meeting. Well, what's it? Now you lowered it to Yerushalayim, or maybe have raised no, it to no, Yerushalayim. No, I saw someone carry on Shabbos. Carry? You know, it, it depends where you live. People in Flatbush carry. There were they, they, many no, there people. Was no, there was no air in the area at all. Okay, so you saw it. The question is, is he Mechal Shabbos of Ahesia? He's not Mechal Shabbos of Ahesia. I'll tell you a quick story. I'll tell you a quick story, which I love. You're trusting these people to be Mashiach to meet him. No, no, but you, you missed it. You missed it. Nobody knew it but you. You're saying you're saying maybe his general conduct is not that great. So in in Kashrus, we have to go with a certain level. I mean, ideally, he should be a Talmud Chacham, a Yerei Shemayim, a Rosh Hashiva. He wouldn't take the job because now he's he's he's, 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 he's Ben Taira. He's not going to take that job. So we we have to take somebody. So we're taking a person who seems to be very sincere, and this man that you're making, uh, putting down, he may be very sincere about Kashrus. So if, if the if the Hashkacha knew that he was Mechal Shabbos, even in a small thing, they would never hire him. I don't believe there's any really orthodox Ashkocha that would hire him. Because I, I know exactly what they do. They they ask questions, they check up, but there's only so far they can go. So yeah. you know, that's that that's what I that's what I feel about it. I feel that that nobody knew. I just want to tell you a quick story. It's a golden story. It takes a minute. Rabbi in in, in Deal, Rabbi um what's him called? What's his name? What again from Deal? Uh the rub for the rub from deal. Uh, anyway, so he, so he, um, come back to me in a second. <laughs> so he, he was, uh, he became a, he became a rub there at 38 years ago, 39 years ago. And uh, he's, uh, he, the problem was they were Michal Shabbos. So he went to his brother in law, Yosef Rosenblum, and he asked him, uh, What can I do? Can I, can I give a, can I, can I give, give the, can I have a shul? Can I give them a lease? So he said, so he told them, that uh, no problem, if 
they wouldn't be Mechal Shabbos if a big Rav came, like Chacham Avadi Yosef would come. Would they, would they smoke? So he said, no, they wouldn't. So he, so he, gave, he, gave the, he got the shul, he, gave the, he had the shul for years, and he says, today, these, these Balabatim from 38 years ago are his best Balabatim, and they, and they send uh, their, their kids to learn in Lakewood. But, but that was the Chachma that Rav, the Yosef Rosenblum said, that that's not called the Mechal Shabbos. Chacham Dweck? No, no. Yeah, I, know, I know that, I know that. Yeah. Also, I had a Rav many years ago, as a Chacham Dweck. He didn't want to. He didn't want to eat in restaurants that were. Even with diamond. Hesha, diamond. If the owner was Mechal Shabbos for Hesia. Well, that's something that we don't it's do different. that. That's, that's something different. Okay, I, I have that part of Berlin, but, the, but most people don't have that today. They go to the fanciest restaurants in Manhattan who are owned by Michal Shabbos. They don't care. The, most of the restaurants in Manhattan are not owned by Shoma Shabbos. Only a few are owned by Shoma Shabbos. Most people will go to any restaurant with a good Ashkocha. They're going for the Ashkocha because they figure the Ashkocha controls everything, especially with the OU where they're there from, from the beginning of the morning to late at night. But that's the way people are doing today. I happen to agree with that, that point that you're saying, and I think it's very important. There really should be at least a, a Yerei Shemayim as an owner. Otherwise, who knows what we're going to have. <laughs> thank right. you very much. Okay, thank let you. Me, let me just read a, a question here from the... you have more? Okay, but let me, let me read a word, one from here. Somebody said... Uh, he said, if a, if a surgeon would be caught purposely killing patients... Would the second cautious agency man allow him to operate on his son if the premise is never, if he promises never to do it again? Well, Baruch Hashem, we don't believe in that kind of stuff. We do believe that a person could do tshuva. Not so quickly and not so this. You, you, yes, you have to need a lot of Yerushimayim to decide, did he do tshuva? Did we give him enough time? Chazal didn't say you can do tshuva in a minute. They said, let him go to another, another place. Let him wear black clothes. Let him live in a certain lifestyle. Let him prove himself. And then we'll take him back and then we'll look at him again. We can't just turn around and say, oh, I, I wouldn't do it again. That, you're right. It doesn't work that way. But I think you believe and I believe that when, 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 you, when you're standing there on Yom Kippur and you're telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm not going to do it again, even historically you did it again, you're not, you really mean that at that point. And I got to believe that some people actually do tshuva. We have Bale tshuva. We have people who were off the derech, came back on the derech. I don't think we should look at people and say it's impossible to happen. What should have been in this case? I will not decide. I have no idea what should have happened in this case. Thank you for the call. Go ahead. Yes, go on the air. Kashas on the air, please. You're with Rabbi Wickler. Go ahead, please. Hello? No one there. Oh. Yeah, and you're on Kashrus on the air. Turn yeah, down yeah, your radio. I, I, yeah, it just reminded me, you know, when you spoke about before, about the microwave, what it is, is it fire, is it not, like all that. Remind me that there was this program in Israel, three rabbis, you know, on Arab Shabbos, they call up. Right. And, you know, people call up with questions, like you're having now, they call up with specific, you know, uh, questions. Okay, a lady calls up. It goes to the first rabbi. What does the rabbi say about a hot plate? Could I warm up food on Shabbos on the hot plate? The rabbi says, no, I'm sorry, you can't. No, you know, it's not fire. Why can't I do it? I don't know. It's not. So go to the next rabbi. You know, maybe you could explain it to her. No, I'm sorry, you can't do it. It's not fire. Why can't I warm up the, the, my food on the hot plate? 
So the third rabbi was Amnon Yitzchak, you know, that was here. Yeah, yeah, he's the sharp. third rabbi yeah. on this panel. It goes to him, he tells so she says, and he goes, oh, you know, I want to warm up, why can't I the lawyer? So he tells her, ask the shmiel name the lawyer. No, sit on it if it's not fire. Right. And I was good, just like, but that, that's not what I called about. What would I call Mordechai, about? Mordechai, what do you got, what do you call about? No, what I call that is something entirely different. I, I, you know, I know there's a lot. I think I spoke to you about this one. There's a lot of books out there on all topics. Hilchus Shabbos is like, like maybe there are hundreds of books in English and Yiddish and Hebrew and all languages. Even even Kashrus Basar B'cholam, for example, is a lot, a lot, a lot. Like four did ter- terrific work. You know, um, in that area and in really in all in all areas, Baruch Hashem, you know, an abundance of fun. Uh, but one area I find that it's is lacking a terrible lack, and that is if let's say a woman goes into a grocery, right, buys let's say some chickens and things like that, and comes home, and she sees things things like um you know black and blue marks and stuff like that, and sometimes people see like a lot of like blood. Of course, it's not blood; it's you know, but but they think it is. You know, they don't. Do, why can't there be some book that that explains all this clearly? To the housewife, so she should know, you know, what is a question, what's not a question, and all that. I, I haven't seen any book, not by us, or by Feldman, not by anybody. Well, well, they, 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 you're asking a good question, Mordechai. And, and uh, one thing is, there is a safer out, which we mentioned on the radio a few times. We had yeah, I bought uh, that book. I bought it. I bought it. I bought it. But no, no, no. no there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a safer from Rabbi Wright. Not Wright. I'm sorry. I am confused myself. It's not from Wright. It was from, from Rabbi Lach. There's a safer right. on pooling. I, I have it, but it's not. That's for somebody who's learning the Gemara. Who's learning, no, no, um, no, 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 no. The pictures. The pictures. The pictures. I bought it. I bought it. I bought it on your advice. I mean, it's good. You know, for me, it's good. But, but it's not really for for the common. I hear you. you know, okay, so we'll, So you or I have to write the safer. That's it. I got Very a million good, callers. Mordechai, you call me. You call yeah. me at home. I gotta. I gotta get going to the callers. Yes. Yeah. Okay? okay. Thank you. Okay. Take okay. care. Well, Call to. Yeah, call to. Take care. Yeah, you're unconscious on the air. Can I help you? Yeah, hi. How are you? Good evening. Baruch Hashem. First of all, about this um, person, the gentleman that called you about the microwave. He's called your conscious line. You should rely on your action on what your thoughts are. That's besides the point. That's what, that's, that's what I think. Second of all is, about the action in the in the... The gentleman over there was saying about the caterers and the exchange and the restaurants and the all food for business. They all want the best texture. They all want to have a, a, a good flow of customers that are going to come eat. So I don't think that they really want to try to get something in there, some kind of a lettuce that it doesn't have the right texture. It could be it's an honest mistake. I'm not in the I'm not in the food line business, but I believe that I would go somewhere where somebody has the best texture. Do you agree with me? You're saying if we can't worry about details, we have to look for the best texture. Is that what you're trying to say? Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. You you have to make your own decision as to what you consider to be acceptable for hashkachas. There's I have the 1371. So my, I always tell people the same thing. You can look in the CRC in Chicago. Their website crcweb.org. They have a list of. A couple hundred uh, hashkachas that they say considered to be acceptable. American standard well, of kashrus. Okay, so let me, let's not let's not go to Coney Island Avenue. Let me find out who the Okay, one second, one second. Let me let me. And that's where I eat. 
And if the Echshit feels right, and it is right, and the, and the Shechit is, is, is the Shechit that I would eat, yeah. I would eat there. I don't, uh, you, you know what I mean? I don't have to go into the kitchen. No. A guy like me to go into a kitchen won't know anything anyways. No. You don't have to go into any kitchen. You have to, you have to work out in your own. I have to rely on the Rav, the Rav HaMachshit, the, 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 the right. but you gives the Echshit. Right. If it's okay or OK. Whatever one you dis, whatever ones you, will tr- I have to rely on that. Correct. That's that's all. That's your only job. That's that's all you have to do. You have to decide what hashkachos are important to you. Correct. If you if you're coming up with a, a big taiva that you you live in a are you working in Manhattan and it has this hashkacha so I never saw before but it's probably all right that's a problem but if you if you're going with uh, with basically tried and proven hashkachas you're doing the right thing okay what's with the frozen strawberries now it's the regular strawberries not the frozen one what again you're frozen or regular. We we don't we don't believe you can we don't believe in this time in history we can uh, wash them properly. We don't believe we can get and the bugs out. No, I didn't say that. You were saying that. We we there are frozen there are, there are companies that make frozen. I've seen the material the, the methods that some of them use. They're very 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 involved in how they try to get out all the insects. I can't tell you everybody does a good job. Uh, that's that's your decision. Again, which hashkachas you want to rely upon. Exactly. If I rely on that hashkachas, then I can eat it, right? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling. Bye. We have another caller? Okay. No more? Okay. Let me just uh, wrap it up here. Uh, one thing I want to mention is that we came out with the uh, the, the, the January 2017 Kashrus magazine, and it's uh, available in the stores, some of the stores anyway, and it'll be available the next couple of days in, in more stores. And it isn't in the supermarkets yet. We'll be in the supermarkets in about a day or so. So uh, you, you'll be seeing that more and more. It's got the Mashkiach of the Year on the cover, some unbelievable material inside, including this thing about which we have about the 15 different Kashrus organizations and their standards for Mashkichim in their establishments, whether it's a restaurant or a caterer. And I think it's a very telling thing. There's one uh, there's one letter there from one rabbi from Australia that's worth the price of the magazine. And you, if you read it, you'll tell me I was right. He really gives you an understanding of Kashrus in about five or six, seven paragraphs. So it's a, an exciting letter. Uh, I, uh, I'm very happy he sent it to me and gave me permission to reprint it because it's a very powerful letter. So that's what we have out there. If you're interested, you can uh, call us at 718-336-8544 to get your copy or your subscription. Or you can email us at kashrus at aol.com. That's K-A-S-H-R-U-S at aol.com. Or you can go to our website, kashrusmagazine.com, K-A-S-H-R-U-S magazine.com. And you can order there. You can see a little bit about the magazine, read an article or two online. Until next week, thank you very much. This is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. www.jrootradio.com The preferred radio station for the Jewish home. 